Welcome to Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero right here on the Leadership Lowdown. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm so excited to have with us someone that I've heard so much about. And it's for various reasons because I have a gentleman that many of us know who's the head coach of Michigan State University baseball, and his name is Jake Boss. And his dad comes up every time I talk about Jake Boss. And they also explain to me what a great dad and what a great coach Jake Boss dad was. And so all of a sudden I said to Jake, I said, why don't we get him on the leadership lowdown and let's talk to him because everybody seems to know him. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us today, Jake Boss III. So Jake, welcome to our show. Thank you, Vic. Great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. And honestly, what a reputation in such a great, powerful, strong, positive way that you have. Because everyone that I talk to, they bring you up with great reverence and great fanfare, explaining that, man, that guy is really something. So I'm really excited to learn more about your background and all of the great things that you've experienced here in the greater mid-Michigan area. But why don't we just get started with telling me, where did coaching for for you start out and how did it all get going early on? Well, it started out when they told me I wasn't good enough to pursue my career in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought the next best thing would be to help somebody else make it where I couldn't make it. So then I went to college and went graduated from Western Michigan and came to Lansing and taught and coached in Lansing for 30 years oh, wow. and coached for actually 45 years all told at the high school level and at the collegiate level. Got my master's from state and I've been married for, this will be 55 years this year. <laughs> and we have two kids, you know, Jake and my daughter Kelly, who lives in Grand Rapids. And we have six great grandchildren. Wow, man, I gotta tell you, it sounds like when you find something that you love, you stick with it. So I'm <laughs> with that. I really love that. And let's just congratulations on the marriage. That's not an easy thing. It's something that takes work. And of course, it's an honor to meet somebody that has that kind of success. I think it's so fantastic. What is your wife's name, by the way? Joanne. Joanne, very good. Well, Joanne's yep. a lucky girl, according to all the fanfare oh. I hear about you and some of the success you've had. So let's get started with kind of taking us all the way back to the beginning. You're a Michigan person from the state of Michigan, correct? Where did you grow up? I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Oh, okay. And the ironic thing, growing up on the south side of Chicago, I was a Michigan State fan <laughs> with Biggie Munn coaching football. Wow, how about that? Oh, Biggie yeah. Munn goes <laughs> back a few years. Oh, yeah, so do I. All right. Let's get clear, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, so on the south side of Chicago, you had a dream of baseball. Were you playing baseball as a kid then? Yeah, as long as I can remember. Yeah, Little League, Pony League, Babe Ruth, all the way on up. Yeah, I had a little sniff at a workout in North Carolina with the Angels, and it was not good enough. So got sent home and really didn't know what I was going to do. So went to work in a factory for about six months, and that wasn't for me. So then I decided, you know, maybe coaching would be the best thing for me to do. Yeah, let me try to put this together from an age standpoint. You said Western Michigan, so you went off to baseball not having gone to college, or is this after college when you tried out for the Angels? This was before. 
Before, okay. Before school, yes. Yeah, yeah right back, after high school. And said, golly, God bless those people that are working in a factory, but that's not going to be your future. So is that when the epiphany came, I need to get to school? And what did you take up in school? Well, the epiphany came actually when I came out of that factory and blew my nose in the handkerchief and it was black. Oh. Yeah, and I did not go back. Talk about yeah. work environments, right? <laughs> yes, and that's when I decided that you know, this isn't for me. I'm going to go to school and I want to coach. Yeah. You knew it all those years ago as a young man. You knew that you wanted to coach, right? Well, athletics, yeah. Athletics had been my whole life yeah. growing up. And that's all we did on the south side of Chicago is we played ball. We played baseball, football. We did it all. Uh-huh. And that has been so fulfilling in my life that that's what I thought I should do. So it just made so much sense. And so that's when you headed to Western Michigan? Correct. Yeah. Yes. And, and that was not to play ball, right? That was strictly right. for the student. Yeah, I had enough. And I had a handful of tryouts with some major league ball clubs. And, you know, when it was very evident that I didn't have what it takes to get into pro baseball, then yeah, I said, that's enough. I don't want to chase this anymore. I want to change my direction here. So Well, and as they say, the rest is history because what happened next in your life is you went out, not only changed your direction, but you changed the life of so many young men throughout the years as their coach. And so we're glad you're here helping coach us today right here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero. We'll be right back. Managing your office supplies is key to a seamlessly functioning business. With over 90,000 items available for free next day delivery and no minimum order, DBI can solve all your office supply needs from pencils to coffee at the very best value. Call DBI and ask a sales representative to show you their product offerings or visit dbiyes.com and request a product catalog. DBI does all things office, office supplies, furniture, and environments. And we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, and again, honored to have with us Jake Boss. I call him senior. So many other people call him senior. But I was corrected, Jake. You tell me there's a whole bunch of Jake Bosses in the world, right? <laughs> yes, a total of five of us. Three of it. us are still here. And you're the third, right? Correct. And Correct. so Jake Boss, the head coach out of MSU, he's number four. Correct. And you've got yes. another, how old is number five? He is 21 and he is a junior at Hope College how about playing that? football. Playing ball. Good yeah, for him. Yeah, playing football. Good yeah. for him. Well, and let's talk about you. You're coming out of college now. You've been the Western Michigan Bronco and you come out of college ready to take on the world and you, I guess, have teaching credentials. Is that what you have? Yeah, I had a degree in education and teaching. And when I graduated, I was engaged to 
be married, and my wife had one more year to go. Oh. And so she suggested that I try to get a job close to Kalamazoo, because right. she was also a student there. And so we could see each other on weekends. Yeah. Well, I had a baseball job set up for me in Chicago. And yeah, it was, uh-oh. And I said, okay, well, then I'll try to find something close to Kalamazoo. And then after we're married, we'll go back to Chicago. Well, 55 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> and the thing about it was that my first job, when I initially got into education, it was at West Junior High School and then Gardner Junior High School when West closed. And there was no baseball there. Oh. And so I was coaching football, basketball, and wrestling. <laughs> you <laughs> and did I, it all. <laughs> I know. And I did that for four years and then transferred to Harry Hill High School as an assistant baseball coach and an assistant football coach. And then in 1973... I got the head baseball job at Everett High School along with assistant football and teaching. And again, it feels like everybody that I've talked to, that's where you really made your name for yourself was Everett High School. Is that fair? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know about making a name for myself, but you know what really prepared me? I thought I was really prepared in that junior high school experience. And it was my first coaching experience. And my principal came to me and says, by the way, you're coaching wrestling. <laughs> and I said, oh, I've never seen a wrestling meet in my life. Right, right. And, Where's uh, the ball, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, with a lot of books and observing practices at Michigan State with Grady Pettinger and so forth, it was a rough couple of years. But the fourth year, we were city champions. So oh. I really learned a lot through that as far as organization and working with kids and so on and so forth. I really felt that that really prepared me for my experience at the next level, at the high school level. Well, it does beg the question that if I could, I don't want to get you off track here, but it feels like what you're sharing with me is you learned some fundamentals of coaching early on. And I wonder, in your mind, what are some of those key elements when you think about coaching and about impacting the lives of young people or building teams, being successful? What are some of those things that come to mind that were early epiphanies for you? Well, I had a pretty good mentor in junior high school and teaching at West Junior and Tom Lundin. And that may be a name that's familiar with people out there. I learned a lot from him in regards to coaching, and I think the main thing for me was coaching and teaching, well, coaching is teaching, but is the relationships. And if you're going to be successful, in my opinion, in whatever you're going to do, is establishing relationships. And as I establish relationships with my players, you know, the trust level just increased. I think that was a real key for me was the importance of relationships. Well, I want to play there for a second if I could. We won't have a lot of time in this segment, but we have an old saying that we used to talk about in coaching and management of salespeople is the old issue of before they care how much you know, they need to know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And I think as a coach, 
you can teach them all kinds of winning techniques, but unless they understand that you care about them as a person, you're probably not going to make a lot of headway. And so you had to have had kids from all walks of life that have come with broken families, great families, fantastic parents, parents that don't know what they're doing, parents that want to coach more than you want your coaching, all that stuff. So uh, I guess, is there any secret ingredient in breaking through to that child? I think when you realize, and this was really important for me when I got to Everett High School, you know, I got the dream job for me was coaching high school baseball, developing Mm -hmm. a program and so forth. But the thing that when I got there, I'll be very honest with you, it was all about me. Uh. It wasn't about those kids. And that first year that I had there was very, very tough. And that's one lesson, you know, that I learned. And I learned it the hard way, that it's not about me. And since that time, it has never been about me. It's always been about those kids. And, yeah, kids coming from all different walks of life. Shoot, we had kids over for dinner before a ball game because they couldn't get a meal at home and so (laughs) forth. And, yeah, that happened quite often. Well, and again, man, it's those early lessons that make all the difference. And that's one of the reasons why we want to have people like you here on the Leadership Lowdown so we can learn some of those lessons and maybe make some early corrections for people that are tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. And we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network with Jake Boss III, a retired coach from the Central Michigan area, and we're so glad he's joined us today because I think there's so many pearls of wisdom that we're pulling out. And in our last segment, we were talking about, hey, it's not always about me. And we ran into our break a little bit there. Coach, could you tell me a little deeper thoughts in terms of what you discovered and that whole moment of illumination about it's just not you. Yeah, the first four or five years, you know, I was really learning about coaching and about teaching as well. And so I was really starting to learn some principles, and I thought that was going to help prepare me for the next step. And so when I got the baseball job at Everett High School, I really thought that I had arrived and that my experience in a junior high school, it was a great experience, and I'm glad I had that. But I thought I had arrived, and I thought I was really something now, and this is about me and furthering my 
coaching career. I want to coach in pro ball. I want to coach at the collegiate level and so forth. So this is all about me. And when it's all about me in athletics, it's all about winning, 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 and winning. And the more you win, the more I look good and so on and so forth. And people would take notice and maybe pursue me. And what a rude awakening that was. And thank God for my wife to you know, help straighten me out in a lot of those areas. So, Well, and isn't it true? I see this in business and so many times. It's sometimes <laughs> winning at all costs and overrunning and, and just knocking people over. I had another moment when I had an interview recently where I had a young CEO that ended up having to lay off everybody. And his focus was not on people. And when he changed his focus and made it all about people, suddenly success was different. And there were a lot of blessings that came along the way in that business. And so it feels like that was an early lesson for you, that the blessings started to come the more you made it less about you and more about the kids. Yes, there's no question. And you've heard, you know, the word chemistry in athletics is out there quite a bit. And the teams that have success have, quote, good chemistry. And you see that at Michigan State, particularly with Tom Izzo and his program, the chemistry that he has year after year. And that is not an accident. Yeah. The chemistry doesn't come just by having good kids. Okay, I believe it's an effort on the leadership to promote that chemistry. I found in the Bible a couple verses that really speak to that. If I could mention those here. Oh, I love it. Okay, it's found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. It says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in purpose, and do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. That, to me, is a responsibility of a coach to impart that type of attitude to his ball club. Wow. You could put that on a locker room wall. Yeah. That's stuff to live by. That's you amazing. Got, yeah. That's why I say that chemistry is not an accident. And I think a coach has a responsibility to impart that type of thinking, that philosophy, into his players. And that's what I tried to do. In business, we talk about culture. And so I think chemistry, culture, I think they right. kind of overlap a little bit. And when I think about that, I've always said, I'll take a culture, and that culture will eat other more talented or other organizations and other entities that have greater talent and resources because that culture can win. Do you feel that as a coach where you've had less talented kids show up and take them down because they're playing as a team? Yes, no question about it. You know, I also teach a baseball class at Michigan State it's as an elective a coaching class. And I share this Bible passage with those kids. And I tell them, you know, it's just not athletics, but it's in business. It's your family, you know, imparting these things to your children, imparting these things to the people that work for you or work with you, you know, at the car dealership or wherever your vocation takes you and I believe so strongly in that 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 is really the foundation and the basis of you know the family your business your career 
your friendships and so forth. I think you can take that a long way. Well, I think it's interesting. You know, in a former life, we sponsored the Detroit Lions. And one of the things that I remember, there was a defensive player that they had. I won't name him, but he would not ride the team bus. He literally would have his own limousine pick him up at the hotel and he would go down to the stadium in his own limousine. And so, you know, you get some of those poisonous elements inside a locker room and it breaks down that chemistry and it just taints things. And so I like to think that there's ways that it can be positively impacted. And I'd like to talk to you about that in our next segment. So stay right there. It's a cliffhanger. I love the fact that we have you here, Coach. It's just amazing to hear from you as we learn about here on the Leadership Lowdown, right here on the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. This is the Michigan Business Network, and you found the Leadership Lowdown, and we found Jake Boss III, and I am absolutely taking a page of notes here, Coach. I've got so many good things. And in the last segment, we kind of ended when I shared the story about how locker rooms and teams can be tainted with some bad apples, as we used to say years ago. But can we put a positive spin on that? Have you as a coach found that there's ways to turn culture around and to create that chemistry in a more positive way. What are some of the techniques that you found? Yeah, I've had some of those kids, you know, that took their own limousine and so forth. I've had those kids, and I think the key to that is you don't give up on them, and you keep working with them, which makes you more aware of your conduct around them, with them, and with others, that he can see the qualities in you and the rest of the ball club and so i think that is important not giving up on that kid and continue to show you know love and concern for him and i think you know i've learned that also from my high school coach i love that man he was a great guy you know and he had relationships with his players and so forth and also you know tom lundine who i coached with at the junior high school here in Lansing and you know just watching him work with kids and work with the so-called bad eggs and as well as the good ones and so forth and you'd be amazed at the kids who come around and get on the same page as you do so I think it's really important to not give up on those kids and a big thing with me with kids is prayer I believe in prayer I believe in praying for those kids that are not on the same page and 
you know, eventually they'll come around. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting world where we tend to stamp out so many of those important spiritual elements out of schools, out of other things. And so you've got to walk a fine line on some of that in today's world. But, you know, I love the idea of don't give up. And I think maybe not, again, another home movie here, but I think about... When I was a youngster, I was kind of a loud, obnoxious kid, not want anybody you'd want to really be around. And I remember somebody thought I was a gifted artist. And they put me in a class at a very young age, maybe sixth grade, and you couldn't be in that class till you were an eighth grader. Well, I thought that was such a privilege that all of a sudden I was a perfect angel in that class. And I'll never forget the teacher coming up to me and said, I was in the teacher's lounge today and they were saying some guy by the name of Vic was acting up in their class. I can't believe that's not you, is it? (laughs) And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, my whole world's come around. Isn't it funny how we pull somebody along and give them something that's important in their life and maybe it's sports or maybe it's just somebody that gives a darn about them that can pull up and say let's talk and let's be serious for a moment man the impact and the power that you can see which leads me to another question you've got to have had some kids that maybe started in a spot that was kind of in the hole and as time went on you saw incredible growth and some really great things you got some of those kind of moments in your career yeah you know my son and we sent him to a christian school for the first 10 years of his education through his sophomore year and at the end of his sophomore year and he was playing summer ball and all that kind of stuff too and he says dad i'd like to play for you at everett high school can i transfer and long story short so we let him transfer and he played for me for two years and at the end of his career his junior year i always talk to the players after their junior year about their ambitions in baseball beyond and i would always try to help them to get to their dream school and so forth. So I asked my son, I says, what do you want to do when you graduate? Where do you want to go to school and where do you want to play? I'd like to play at Michigan State. And then I had to tell him, I said, son, you're not good enough. What would be your next choice? He said, Notre Dame. And I said, son, you're not good enough. That was a tremendously tough time in my life telling him that. Oh, for sure. And then I says, well, let's investigate, because I thought he was a Division three player. And sure enough, we got him into Alma College, and he played there for four years, had a great career there for four years. And so that was a tough time for me, and I think it was also a tough time for him. And you've got kids that come along with those ambitions. Everybody's got these grandiose ideas of what they're going to do, just like I had when I was a kid. I was going to be a major league ball player and so forth. And it's devastating when reality hits and you find yourself on the outside looking in. (laughs) That stinking reality. I can't stand it. It impacts everything. Well, again, we've got so much more to talk about here on Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're going to take a quick break and come right back.
Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. We're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versio, and I'm so honored to spend some time with the amazing Jake Boss III, retired coach, Everett High School coach. And let me ask you this, Coach. When you walked into the Everett program as varsity coach, was it kind of a high-flying program and you just inherited something that was just all set? All you had to do was be a good steward, or did you have to build something there? No, they had success before I got there. It was a very solid program, and yeah, there was great success there. So don't mess this up, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So my first season there, I think we were like 3-16. and And when I got there, you know, all of a sudden I had kind of a panic attack. You know, I knew how to play the game and so on and so forth, and I knew the game pretty well. And then, you know, trials were coming up, and we had to make some cuts and so forth. And then I'm thinking, you know, I was a catcher, and now I've got to teach infield technique. I've got to teach kids, you know, my pitchers how to throw the changeup and how to throw the curveball and so forth. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know how to play shortstop. I knew how to catch. (laughs) I could teach catching. So, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, you dummy, you're not as good as you think you are. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So we had a couple of tough years there, and then we caught fire. And I started growing in my job and my kids. You know, we just got better and better, and we started having success. Remember, I told you, I said it was all about me. Okay, now I'm thinking, you know, I don't belong here. I should be in college or I should be coaching in pro ball or something. And then my wife says to me, she says, you know, just realize where God has you and he has you there for a reason. And, you know, how often have we heard those wise words from our wives, Mm -hmm. putting things into perspective? And that's what happened to me. And I began to realize, you know, the Lord did put me there for a reason, not only to coach and to win and to coach baseball and so forth, but to have an impact in the lives of kids. And when I realized that ministry, along with coaching, really took place. I mean, it was amazing, the lives that were changed and lives that were being formed. And it was an incredible change in direction that I was going in the direction that our program was going. Well, Coach, you used the word ministry just now. And that's interesting to me because suddenly when the word ministry leaks into your thinking, all of a sudden it's not necessarily about making the big leagues and the big paychecks, but suddenly it's about a bigger view that what you're doing has a paycheck and a payday that comes in a way different form. Is that correct? Yes, and it's realizing that, you know, these kids are not, you know, things. They're people. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and you're working with people, and not for your benefit, but for their benefit. Mm. You know, and I think in business, there's so many things that can be learned just from this little sets of pearls of wisdom right here, because we're talking about making a difference in people's lives. And sometimes, you know, you really can't get it right on the field or in the office if it's broken elsewhere. 
And sometimes you've got kids or employees that are around you that are broken and you're trying to get quality work, quality results out of them. And it's not that easy to get done unless you can minister to the whole person. Yeah, exactly. And what we try to do then is we try to really, you know, make kids aware of priorities in their life. You know, what are your priorities? What were my priorities as a coach? And as I said before, my priorities as a coach were all about me. Mm. And once we establish what I believe are the proper priorities, things will start to begin to fall in place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think as we think about those moments, there's got to be great times, great memories of yours when somebody that you were counting on disappointed you because you're dealing with kids in your world. So can you recite and think about any of those moments when maybe something happened, maybe somebody struck out at a critical moment or made an error when it mattered the most? And now you got a broken kid that needs to be picked up, dusted off, and you're sitting there going, man, we could have won if that hadn't happened. And how do you build somebody back up from that kind of loss? Well, one of the things that we did, or that we tried to get across to the kids, that baseball is a game of failure. It's a game of failure. And, you know, if you hit 300, which means you're, you know, seven out of ten times, you are failing. And it's still going to get you in the Hall of Fame if you're in the big leagues. Mm, (laughs) So, you know, baseball is a game of failure, and they have to understand that. And we, as coaches, have to understand that as well. Sometimes it's hard for us to understand when a kid can't make a play, but we have to do that, and we have to encourage those kids. And one thing we did after every ball game, we sat down, and as we sat down on the bench, I told the kids, the, the guy on your left, I want you to say something positive that you saw in them today. Mm. And then he went around, and they had to mix up the way they sat the next day. <laughs> you know, so they weren't so the always were always hanging out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we go back to the right. You would be surprised at some of the things that were said about kids, about the kids that didn't play. Yeah. Right. And that were things being said that were very, very positive to that kid and really built him up. And that's what, you know, you try to do as a coach, that a kid that strikes out with the bases loaded or boots one for the winning run, you know, you still encourage that kid because he's given it his best and sometimes our best isn't good enough. Yeah, well, you're giving us your best today and by golly, it's really good. And thanks so much for being with us, Coach. And thanks for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back.
Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. Time flies here on the Leadership Lowdown. We only have one final segment right here with Coach Jake Boss Sr., and he's the retired coach out at Everett High School. I want to pull up right there and say, wow, you know, out of all those years and all the kids that you've coached, there has to be moments when you bump into somebody at the grocery store or somebody in town that says, Coach! And you probably yeah. lost your first name years ago, didn't you? Oh, yeah. As coach, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And tell me about the rewarding moments of coming back years later and hearing somebody yell coach and all of a sudden there's a former player. Yeah. I tell you, Vic, you know, what a blessing it is to have the experiences that I've had. And just this past week, I had lunch with a former outfielder who graduated in 1980. And prior to that, I had breakfast with two other kids of the week before that that called and said they'd like to get together. And then I'll hear from them. You know, they'll drop me a message, you know, on the computer and that type of thing. So, yeah, relationships, you know, are still there with so many kids. We had two kids that signed a major league contract right out of high school. And I've been invited to their baptisms, to their weddings. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's what it really is all about, those lasting relationships. Well, can you tell me, if you think about some of those scenarios, do you think some of those people ended up in business looking back and thinking about some of the lessons learned on the field? Has any of them shared some of that to you? No, they haven't, not really. But you can see in in their life, their success, that they're having one of the young men that played football for me when I was coaching football, Tim Cunningham, who's known as the sax man. He's a very accomplished saxophone player and has really been successful and so forth. And, you know, I had the opportunity of retiring his number in football with him. And that was a thrill. (laughs) But the biggest thrill is watching my son, you know, do his thing out to Michigan State, his dream job. We are so, so proud of him and just think he's doing a great job. Well, I've been blessed to be around him. We're building something called the John Smoltz Strikeout Baseball Stadium in downtown Lansing here oh, yeah. uh, for youth. And we're really excited about what that is. And Jake has given his time and energy and some wisdom this way. But just to be around him, he's a pretty special guy. You, you can know, tell he's yeah. pouring into kids around him. Yeah, no question about that. And, you know, like I always say, the good ones take after their mother. <laughs> That's you know? right. And he does. Uh-huh. And, you no, know, the things he does with the Miracle Network there and those kids, and he does just a great job. And there's a long story, too, about how he got into college coaching. But I tried to discourage him when he was coaching in high school. He says he wanted to get in and go to the next level. And, you know, I tried to discourage him because he had, you know, security, and he had a good job and a coaching position and insurance and all the benefits and that kind of thing. And eventually, you know, his mother and I, we gave our approval for him to go on and secure a 
Yeah. Collegiate job. Well, sometimes so. those kids just don't listen to you, you know? <laughs> so that's the issue. But, you know, again, recently I heard him speak, and I didn't realize this, but he had actually spent some time down at University of Michigan. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, love him or not, Bo Schembechler was somebody yes. that early on was influential in his life. Do you remember that story? Yes, I do. Yeah. And he went in, he spent about an hour with Bo, and it was a great experience for him. But when he got that job, that assistant job at Michigan, I said, you bring that blue and gold stuff in the house and you're out of the will. <laughs> well, that must have been another straining moment on your relationship, right? It wasn't easy. No, no. And that's probably when mom put her foot down again and yeah. kind of corrected you a bit there. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it's happened many times. So when you think about the greatest triumph in your distinguished, incredibly long coaching career, what would it be? Just God has been so good to us and blessed us. And, you know, he's given me a wife. Coaches' wives are incredible. <laughs> and for her to hang on with me for this long a time is pretty special. And, you know, because they go through the ups and downs as well and put up with all our baloney. So, yeah. 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 Well, that's quite some. I've heard the word trophy wife. You've got trophies oh, yeah. stored up all over. And yeah. it's truly, that's a blessing right there to have yes. that many years with her. 55 no years in 40 years of coaching. I just have to say, Coach, I'm honored that you would spend time with us today. I'm grateful for the way you've poured into young men throughout the mid-Michigan area, throughout your career. That is a gift, and that is something to behold. So thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Vic. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Verschereau. I can't wait to talk to you next time.